Welcome to the Endometriosis Nutritionist podcast. My name is Anna Marika Gerritsen, but call me AMG, and I'm a qualified nutritionist and I specialize in endometriosis. In this podcast, you will learn how what you eat and drink affects your endometriosis and how you can use your diet to take control over your symptoms. If you have endometriosis, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and make sure you download my free report, Five Things You Eat and Drink That Make Your Endometriosis Symptoms Worse. The link is in the show notes. Let's start this episode. All right, we're at the third episode um, in this little mini series. Um, finishing off the first year of the endometriosis nutritionist podcast and in, so far we have been looking at 16 of the 25 things i think you need to know about your endometriosis and today we will take the last ones um, and then um, also look f- forward to the next year so this is really literally the very last episode for my first year so very exciting Okay, so the 17th thing I think you need to know about your endometriosis is that it's one thing to decide that you're going to change what you eat. And if you're convinced that nutrition plays a big role in your symptoms and managing your symptoms, then you may have, um, you, you may be uh, ready to chuck out everything that you have in your pantry and start from scratch and do all the right things. But actually changing your diet is hard. It may seem easy when you're sitting at this point and when you're convinced that it's something you should need to do, but the hard part is in the nitty gritty. Um, And one of the important tools that I suggest you use to change your diet is meal planning. What you need to realize is that what you eat, when you eat, and how you eat are all habits. You do those on automatic pilot. And to change habits, you need to have tools that stop you from falling back into your old habit. Um, So meal planning can be very powerful because it helps you to be prepared. And it means that you don't have to come up with a different way of eating or a different type of meal in the moment. By planning that ahead, you can make sure that you have all the ingredients that you have, that you know what it is you're going to eat, and that makes it easy to actually do. So in episode 17, I talk about the power of meal planning, how I stumbled across it and how it made my life a whole lot easier. Um, And it's definitely one of the tools that I talk to my clients about all the time. Um, so have a listen to um, episode 17 if you find that if you get to a point where you have to make your meal you go oh god I don't know what to make and then fall back into food and you know that you know is probably not what you should be eating meal planning it is also a great tool for when um, if, if fatigue is a big part and you find it really hard to find the energy to cook um, or to make and prepare meals. The meal planning done when you are feeling fairly okay can help you um, make that a little bit easier. So that's episode 17. 
The 18th thing that you need to know about your endometriosis is that there is no cure. Um, we don't know what's causing it. And I've said it in, in I think in the first episode, we, there's good research um, happening at the moment. And I have no doubt that we will find out what's causing endometriosis. But at the moment, we don't know. Um, even your specialist doesn't really know what is causing it. Um, so we, we, we do the best we can. Um, and, uh, you know, your specialist, and, and so do I, uh, we, we work on scientific evidence. And so we look for uh, research that shows that certain interventions help um, and research that explains why things happen so at the moment we're not there yet so we can't cure endometriosis i nutrition cannot cure your endometriosis and i i think it's important to realize that nobody can promise you that your endometriosis will be cured even menopause is not a cure um which because we're still talking from my perspective about inflammation and about things that your body reacts to in your gut, in your immune system. So there is no cure, not even menopause. And that means that you need to look at this as something that you have for the rest of your life that requires management for the rest of your life. It's a chronic disease that hopefully, hopefully soon we'll find out what is causing it and we'll be able to do more about it. But even if there was a pill that could stop the endometriosis itself, you'd still have gut issues, you'd still have immune issues that um, that would require you to look at your food, at what you eat uh, to manage that and to improve that. So if you want to find out more about that particular insight, episode 18 um, has me rambling on about um, that and, and the, the myth that menopause will cure it. Okay, number 19, and this is one of the key insights I want you to take away from whatever I talk about, and that is that food intolerances are at the core of your inflammation. The, 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 when I work with clients, the big thing we do is trying to work out what is it you react to. There's some, some foods that your body doesn't like, and in particular your gut doesn't like um, and they can be really strange um, uh, for, for example and and we can find out with with some tests and um, I was testing out one of those tests uh, at some point and I discovered that um, I'm sensitive to apples now gosh <laughs> that, that was a bit of a, a downer because I love apples um, and I, and, and everything related to apple. So, you know, um, I love apple cider. Well, I don't love apple cider vinegar, but I love using it because it's it's got good um, bacteria and all this. So it's like, oh, gosh, so I'm sensitive to it. So that creates a whole range of um, minor but discomfort symptoms. So, and I have clients who, after doing everything right, we, we, we've taken out the big culprits, which are usually gluten and dairy, um, and she just she was still having funny symptoms. And she said, uh, at some point, she said, 
I think I'm reacting to corn. Um, again, it is a fairly common um, food intolerance, um, but most of us don't know about it. So fine. So we, we can do all the big things, right? But if we don't get to the heart of your unique food intolerances, then you will continue to have symptoms. You will continue to not feel as good as you could. So if you're interested in finding more about that, make sure you listen to episode 19, where I go into that into a lot more detail. The 20th thing I think you need to know about is that repeated surgery is is a thing. <laughs> um, there are women with endometriosis who have surgery almost every six months because after six, it just comes back. Um, and that's partly because we don't know what's causing it. So until then, we can remove it. But if we don't know what's causing it in the first place, then it, you know your your endometrial tissue will your endometriosis will come back. Um, we can slow it down, though. So if you've had surgery, to me that is one of the best moments to start with looking at your diet, um, because at that point is you know you've you've had it hopefully all removed uh, properly. And if you then start to heal your gut and start to support your immune system, then you can you can hit the brakes on on the spread and the growth of your endometriosis. Um, so really, when when you're around um, surgery, uh, whether it's leading up to it, there's a lot you can do with um, nutrition to get you fighting fit, as I call it, for surgery because it is a major major thing it's uh, very hard on your body and so the, you need to be in the best possible health that you can possibly get to and then also talk about uh, you can also do things in the recovery um, and I um, I have a, a, a course um, a, a little little mini course that you can do to help you get ready if you're around um, you know surgery coming up um, but listen to episode 20 if you want to know more about the the you know the things to know around surgery um and and what you can do uh, with diet but also afterwards how you can use nutrition to pos to, to put that time between surgeries as long as possible the 24 first episode um thing i want you to know about your endometriosis is again about a symptom and um, heavy and long bleeding. Uh, many women have issues with bleeding during their period, uh, whether it's really heavy or it's very long, so they have very long periods, or they have a combination of the two, which is obviously a double whammy. Um, and what I want you to realize is that besides the fact that it's really unpleasant and inconvenient and, and really limits what you can do in life um, it also has some very serious health consequences so in episode 21 I dive deeper into what those are um, and um, and and why it's so important important to start to look at that and try and uh, do something about it 
Um, I know that nowadays GPs and probably also specialists when you come, when it's painful, but you're also painful periods and heavy bleeding, they tend to look at um, neurofen as a way to, to reduce that. But there's a lot more you need to do because that doesn't stop the fact that you, you're losing valuable nutrients and nutrient deficiencies contribute to heavy and long bleeding. So if you have heavy bleeds, long bleeds, or a combination of the two, please listen to or listen again if you've already done it, but go back to episode 21 where I go in a lot more detail. The 22nd thing I want you to know about your endometriosis is that anxiety and depression are a big part of it, partly because living with a chronic disease um, can cause depression, um, but also because of your gut. Um, anxiety and depression, a large part of that uh, of it originates in your gut. And in episode two, I talked about the microbiome and the microbiome in your gut plays an enormously important part um, um, in your anxiety and depression. It is the bad bacteria that play a really big role. Um, so if you do experience anxiety um, and or depression, please go and listen to episode 22, where I explain in detail why that is, why your gut um, contributes to your anxiety and depression. Uh, because once you know that and then you realize what that you need to do something to adjust your microbiome, then you can start to feel better. And when you have feel better emotionally, then even a chronic disease like endometriosis becomes easier to deal with. So it is something that you really can do something about with nutrition. So episode 22. The 23rd thing I want you to know about your endometriosis is that it's not automatically a verdict of infertility. Although infertility, infertility issues and, and difficulty falling pregnant is definitely common in endometriosis, it's not a given. And there, there's a lot we can do with nutrition to increase your fertility. Um, I, can, I can never promise that it will help you fall pregnant, but I have had clients who uh, did fall pregnant either during the program or just after um, and they really feel that the, what they were doing differently in terms of diet has contributed to that and and we know a lot about what's needed for uh, your eggs to be in optimal quality and we can affect the quality of your eggs through nutrition so uh, and that that flows into it makes it makes it easier for them to to be fertilized it makes it easier to implant it makes it easier to um, to stay <laughs> so to not have miscarriage etc so um, there's a lot there and if you are worried about your fertility or you're looking at uh, trying to fall pregnant um, please listen to episode 23 and think about um, a, a, a way to support your fertility through nutrition yeah and that's whether you um, are looking at an IVF um, journey or a non-IVF journey in both cases using nutrition can really increase your fertility 
uh, and increase your chances. So that's episode 23. Num the, and the 24th thing I think you should know about your endometriosis is that it's another symptom and that's constipation. Oh my gosh, so many of my clients have constipation and I know what that is. I, um, as I grew up as a teenager and in my 20s, I was terribly constipated. I was, I was a stressed constipator, <laughs> such, a, such a word. Um, and so as soon as there was a tiny little bit of stress, I was, oh gosh, terribly constipated. Um, and so I know the discomfort and I know that the more constipated, the longer constipated you are, the more scary it becomes to go to the toilet and all those things. Um, so it's definitely a clear sign that all's not well in your gut. And it also has some serious health uh, consequences. So if you are constipated and you want to find out why you are constipated, what's what's causing it, uh, and what to why it um, why it's so important to try and do something about it, episode twenty four is the one to listen to. And then finally, the twenty fifth thing I need I think you need to know about your endometriosis, and that is inflammation is at the core inflammation that has a one leg into your gut and another leg into your immune system and the key thing there is that both of these systems are highly influenced by what you eat by nutrition Um, so that makes it a, a fantastic thing you can do yourself to start to take some control over your symptoms by looking at your nutrition and making sure that you what you eat is uh, right for you not just for your endometriosis but for you and you will need a personal almost tailored diet if we want to call that 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 really suits you um there's some common things that you'll be able to find you should remove from your diet if you go online. Um, Dr. Google will tell you, and I agree, it's usually uh, gluten and dairy. But when you remove things from your diet, you're also removing powerful sources of nutrients. And so just removing is not going to be enough. You need to be able to add other foods in or uh, up the intake of other foods to make sure that you get all the nutrients you need and then you have your personal food intolerances um, that I talked about so um, if you if you want to take more control over your symptoms make sure you start to look at diet for endometriosis and personalized to you so that was 25 things um, over three episodes my goodness me Um, I just want so and that brings us also to the end of year one of the endometriosis podcast and I am continuing I am definitely not stopping I want to educate you um, in, in in this part of of your endometriosis the more you know the better decisions you can make and the more you know the better you can take control over how you live with your endometriosis I won't tell you how to live with it, but you can make the best decisions for you. And that's what I'm looking for. And that's the aim of this podcast. So I thank you 
thank you to all for listening this past year. It has been so, so wonderful. And thank you to all of you who have been kind enough to uh, to, to let me know how much value they got from the podcast and how wonderful it was that they found it and finally had some other voices uh, around their endo. And I'll keep educating you on endometriosis. Um, so next episode is episode one in year two. And that will also be a bit of a special one. And then we go back to um, what I've been doing for a year. Uh, but bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you want to have a look at your current diet and work out if it is contributing to your endometriosis symptoms, I have a self-assessment tool, a diet self-assessment tool for you to complete. It's completely free and uh, the link is in the show notes. 